Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the road, although ironically, he is not only heading across Florida, but lives here in this area, St. Pete specifically. My guest is a national and international touring multi-instrumentalist who has been a member of Billy Joel's band for more than a decade now. He plays trumpet, flugelhorn, trombone, and saxophone, and has also been a featured soloist with Diana Ross. He has been the music director for Blood, Sweat, and Tears, recorded with Mariah Carey, and for national TV commercials. He also is a band leader of two groups of his own. You've been hearing a version of Billy Joel's Down Easter Alexa as recorded by my guest on one of his solo albums. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Carl Fisher. Hey, how you guys doing today? Carl, thanks so much for making time to do this today. I really appreciate it. Ah, it's my pleasure. I understand you guys are in Tampa, Florida, Absolutely. correct? Yeah, yeah. That's my neck of the woods. I just moved to St. Pete about four years ago. It's a small world, after so, all, as they say, an hour to the yes. east of us at Disney. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Old Florida, without a doubt. Oh, cool. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, typically, I start off asking the guests to tell the listeners about the song that we played during the intro, usually kind of a, what is that song about? Talk about writing it standpoint. But in your case, we played your version of Billy Joel's Down Easter Alexa. This is kind of unique. And then my temptation would be to ask you to instruct the listeners who are up-and-coming performers the proper procedure for putting someone else's song on their own recording. But I have to imagine that since you have played with Billy Joel for so many years, it was probably an awful lot easier than what the average musician might have to go through. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a, that's a funny but good question. I, I actually didn't ask him. I probably now... Because of the show, now I'm talking about all the whole bunch of money. So thanks, I appreciate it. No, actually, uh, 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 yeah, no, it's all good. I'm uh, really what it comes down to is there's an agency called Harry Fox Agency, and he's licensing distribution, publishing, and all. Oh, actually, not, not the publishing, but he's uh, licensing and distribution. And Harry Fox is an agency. So if I just want to record um, Janis Joplin tunes or Billy Joel tunes, reach out to Harry Fox and pay a royalty on how many um, I'm selling or plan on selling. So that was, that's what we did with that. Um, and as far as publishing, that's a whole other story, whether it be ASCOP or BMI, in the publishing house you have to get clearance for. So after I did that, I did actually say, Billy, I'm going to record. Actually, what we were doing is we didn't record the tune. I'm kind of coming out of the old school of uh, Stan Kenton and Maynard Ferguson where they would go out. I had the opportunity to play with Maynard's band on and off for 12 years and he was a big proponent of going out and playing the music and working it out on working it out on the gig. Hmm. So we played that arrangement of Down Easter Alexa probably for about a year before we recorded it. Wow. And I do remember talking to Billy saying, Yeah, you know, we're doing one of your tunes as an instrumental and uh, with a Hammond B three organ. He goes, Oh, that's cool, I'd like to hear it. Cause Billy was a, Billy is and was and still very interested in and has a really cool Hammond B three organ at one of his houses and was all about it and you know, oh, wow. talked highly of uh, our organ player in that organic group of, uh, his name was Rana Swatsky. So yeah, and that's how it kind of all went down with the publishing and, and, uh, and, you know, Harry Fox agency and all licensing stuff. But certainly there still is an aspect, and I think I even heard you use the word arrangement. So, so do you do the arrangement, or does someone else do it for you, or do you and someone else both kind of do the arrangement since it is being done as an instrumental and, and you know, for, for horns? That's a great question, Bruce. On this particular tune, um, 
my organ player, Ron Oswansky, who's been with me in my organic group since the inception, he actually came to me with a pretty much 99% finalized arrangement. He wrote the arrangement on Down Easter. Um, and then what we did for that year that we were playing it, we push and pull it. So I would change solo sections and we changed some harmonies. There's some inner, 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 inner contrapuntal harmonies. Actually, not contrapuntal, but dissonant harmonies that would be playing with the tenor sax. So we changed some harmonies here and there. We changed a couple of voicings and, and, and you know, changed, you know, just it kind of evolved organically, for a, of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the, that arrangement particularly was done by the great Ron Oswalski um, on that tune, then kind of morphed into an organic groove, which is the band uh, uh, arrangement, performance-based arrangement. But, yeah, Ron came came with a pretty, 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 pretty well on 99% ready to go. But, but did he bring it to you because he thought, hey, this might be a neat song for Carl to do as an instrumental, or did you say, hey, you know what, we should try to do Down Easter Alexa on our own as, as an instrumental? Um, I remember us talking, we were, Ron and I are kind of the two brothers out of the same, or two brothers out of the same uh, headspace. We we kind of think alike. So we were taking, at that time, we were taking Miles Davis tunes. Uh, we were taking a lot, which actually we recorded, which is on, on that same record called Tutu. Um, and so I believe uh, Ryan asked me, hey, what Billy tunes you like? And I always was akin to that Down Easter Alexa. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because I like the tune, but I actually rode the Down Easter Alexa quite a bit. And I'm from that section of Long Island. <laughs> um, and I just kind of dug that. I, I always kind of dug that melody. I always thought it was a haunting melody. And Ron is a great proponent of uh, uh, kind of changing things up, so to speak, and, um, you know, re- retooling things. So that's kind of how that came about. Uh, Carl, speaking of Billy Joel, you all just had the opportunity to do the first musical performance at the new baseball stadium for the Atlanta Braves. And now your next show with Billy is this Saturday, the 13th, at another Major League Baseball park, Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. And then you'll come back across the country again for shows at the fabled Madison Square Garden in New York. Is it a case of, yes, those are some pretty terrific venues to play in, Bruce, but wow, that that back and forth across the country does take its toll on you? Or or are you just used to it after all these years? meeting both the great venues and the travel? Uh, well, the great, the great venues, it's a, it's, a, it's a double-edged question, which is a great question. Um, the venues never, you can never, I don't care who you are, you'll never get used to or akin to playing venues, iconic venues like that. Wow. Um, we're on our third, actually third and fourth year of doing stadium tours in the summertime, and most of them are classic stadiums, like you said, we're doing um we just opened up this new Atlanta Brave Stadium in, in Atlanta, and uh, we're running for the first time doing Dodger Stadium very soon. And, and you know, if you get if you get sick and tired of that, you got an issue. And if you don't think that's special, then you should not be playing music. Mm, you know? Well so said. Well when, said. We, when we show up at these stadiums, when we show up at these stadiums, man, it's just it's it, it's 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 an iconic thing because you know not many people can sell out a baseball stadium. And have and ha, has not had a record out in twenty something years. That speaks volumes about the classic classic songbook of Billy Joel, and I'm proud to be a part of that. So that's you know the stadium. We we, we all pinch ourselves. Uh, Mark Rivera, um, Tommy Burns, the gentleman, the, the gentleman, lady in the band, all been there a minimum of twenty years, some thirty five. You know, and we all just smile and act like little kids. It's terrible. <laughs> so, you know, we're very lucky and blessed to have that, uh, you know, people come out to these ballparks, um, particularly Fenway in Boston and uh, Chicago and uh, Wrigley Field are really special, special events. So that's one thing. And as far as the travel, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a job. I, I don't go to work. I go to play. So when I get to a band, when I get on a band saying I'm playing, I'm having a good time. But the work, the real work, is to travel. Um, mm. So getting on a plane and, and going from L.A. to New York and, and back to the Midwest or wherever I'm going, that's what I get paid to do. So, you know, you just trying to make it as comfortable and tolerable as possible. And we're very fortunate um, that we don't fly, uh, you know, we're not sitting in the back of a uh, station wagon anymore. So we're <laughs> flying everywhere. You know, you know so, you know, uh, it's gotten a lot better throughout the years. But... That's what we get paid for, you know, so the rest is all play. 
Yeah, God bless you. I, I, I love your attitude. That's that's very refreshing to hear. Um, I, I must say, I, I feel like a news moderator during election time. On episode 150 of the show, my my guest was Mike Del Judas. Uh, listeners, he plays guitar and does backing vocals in Billy Joel's band. And during that interview, of course, I asked Mike about his story relative to how he got the opportunity to play with Billy. So in granting equal time, <laughs> as they say in, in political times, uh, Carl, share with the listeners if you you will your story about getting the chance to be part of Billy's band? Um, that's a great question. The Billy thing kind of came on by by virtue of being at the right place in the right time and uh, being a little Island boy. I spent four years in uh, New York and Long Island, very close to the city, a half hour away from the city. And a show came up called Moving Out, which is Billy Joel's Broadway show. Um, and the executive producer and dance uh, producer on Corey was Twyla Thark. And I had a nice three-year run on Broadway. And I got into that situation as a sub on Broadway, which I left the road. I left Maynard Ferguson's jazz orchestra out for 12 years to, to settle home and have a white picket fence and play Broadway. And so I was lucky enough. <laughs> The sub, and then I got I got the gig as a principal. Wow. I was very lucky. Wow. And when I got that gig, and when I got the sub, um, there was a gentleman, and still is a gentleman at Billy's band named Tommy Burns, who incidentally is from one town away from where I grew up in South Shore, Long Island. And friendly, and he, he was the music director of Moving Out. At the time, he was the music director of Billy's band, and he said to me, "Listen, we're getting ready. This is an 05. Moving Out was getting ready to close." And he said to me, "He goes, we're starting to rehearse with Billy." Um, we haven't had a trumpet player. We're thinking about doing this Freddie Hubbard uh, feature called Zanzibar. Would you be interested in doing it? I just did three years of Billy on Broadway. I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> so I just kind of came down to rehearsal one day. He didn't tell me when it was going to be. They had a rehearsal space, and they were rehearsing every day. And I got the call around 12 o'clock midnight saying, okay, tomorrow's the day. And by the way, we're not playing a tune in the original key. It's going to be a half step down. And uh, which kind of wow. musically kind of threw me for a loop yeah. because it's like okay, I have seven to eight hours to kind of get my <laughs> my head wrapped around. You know, I thought I had my homework done and had uh, everything in my muscle memory, and I didn't have to read music. And then, you know, six hours later, I'm learning how to play it in a different key, which kind of tells you know makes you makes you either uh, swim or or sink. And I think I treaded water. So they asked me back the following day, and they kept on asking me back and. And they said, you know, I keep your horns here. Then they said, oh, okay, we're going to do 12 gigs at the garden um, wow. or 10 gigs at the garden. Wow. And then they said, you know what? Well, we want you full time. That's how kind of, it's kind of but metastasized, for lack of a better word. <laughs> what a great story. Into, 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 into a beautiful thing. What a great I'm very, story. very, very lucky. Yeah, listeners, uh, you know, those of you who are listening to this show, uh, whether it's this episode or, or, or consistently with me, thank you, of course, for listening. But, you know, take inspiration from that story if, if you're an up and coming musician and, um, these, these things are not impossible. Just uh, listen to last week's episode, episode 169. My interview was with Buck Johnson, who is the keyboard player for Aerosmith, and he told a similar story of, of how he got that opportunity to be on tour with them. And, and obviously, uh, you can go back and listen to episode 150 with Mike Del Judas and how he got to play with Billy. Uh, Carl, I want to start transitioning away from the Billy Joel talk because we've got a lot more ground to cover. But I'll segue away from him with one final reference in that you've got some great solos in, in the song Zanzibar, and certainly the song uh, Big Man on Mulberry Street is loaded with horns. Although the air guitar has been a staple in concert crowds for years, I know you hear the applause and you see the fans acknowledging what you're doing in, in those songs. And then, of course, you've got a band like Chicago out there, which is still going strong with horns for 50 years now. Does all of what I just described do your heart good as it relates to maintaining the spot for horns on the pop music landscape? You know, I, I'm, I'm honored that you uh, even say that because I, I don't think of it that way, and I, maybe maybe I should. But then if I start thinking it like that way, my head might get bigger than it already is. I got a pretty big, ugly. <laughs> well, big, but you know, not, not, to but, um, inter- not to interrupt you, but you know, even. Um, sure. 
in in country music, and I'm not going to say all country music, but you know, I just did sure. an interview um, with Karen Waldrop, and you know, she does. I mean, this is full out country music. And listeners, by the way, this was episode 166. She said that she has started adding saxophone to her music, which you know, people in the sure. country music industry look at her and go, "What are you doing putting saxophone in country music?" So, anyways, I'm sorry, yeah. to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know, I, I felt no, that was relevant. That's, that's totally cool. No, I mean, I look at it like we're, you know, we're the seasoning and the sprinkle and the color, you know, with a color in the art and we're the seasoning uh, in the gumbo, so to speak. You know, <laughs> um, what, what's, what's kind of cool is horns can, a horn section of horns and barrel, not only can we lay down leads, but, you know, when you look at it as a section, we can play rhythmic figures and, you know, it always just kind of adds a little color. Um, and me being a horn guy, um, obviously, I just look at each gig as a different opportunity to kind of uh, hone my skills and, you know, whether it be me playing a solo uh, on a tune or playing a saxophone in a saxophone section on uh, keeping the faith, uh, you know. So as far as the pop music goes, I wish there was more horns. There's not a lot of uh, horn players right now, horn sections um, that are, are that do have work. I had a couple horn sections throughout the years and 25 years, and it got very hard to keep keep contracts going because guys couldn't afford to bring horn sections out, let alone record. Mm. So I don't know if there's a resurgence, but whatever it is, keep it coming because I think, you know, it's just another thing. It's just another thing, like I said, that that, that makes the music breathe and adds a different light to things, you know? Yeah, and I'm sure you, you you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I I love when I go to a concert and and whatever the instrument is, you know, someone steps out and and does a little bit of a solo, and the crowd recognizes that and and they give the applause that's due instead of just waiting for the song to end. And you go, okay, well, I don't know if that's for the song or if any of it's for me or if they even noticed what I did. So you know, certainly, um, you know, as you're saying with keeping the faith and and like I said, Zanzibar and, and Big Men on Mulberry Street, you know, I, I I think the crowd definitely does acknowledge what you're doing up there and and i and i'd like to think um you know that that you appreciate that that they're noticing oh man i tell you like i said i'm blessed and uh i pinch myself especially when we play our residency gig at in new york at the garden it's the electricity you feel of the crowd you know i i feel like it, it, it's a community effort type of thing I, you know i think all of us kind of feed off the energy of the crowd and you know, if there's less energy, it might be less of a vibe. But um, New York has such a vibe, um, and it's a New York band. It really is quintessential New York, you know, Gershwin, so to speak. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, we get up there, and you get done solo, and you get done solo, and you get, get, get an acknowledgement. It's the best thing in the world. You know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a cloud mine experience. So, yeah, awesome. I'm very blessed to awesome. have that. And uh, I, don't th- I don't take it for granted at all. Good stuff. It's something that is, it's, uh, it's hard to honestly, uh, you know, some of the questions I get when I do workshops at clinics in, in, in schools um, is, you know, how do you go from playing from, you know, 75,000 people in the stadium to a small jazz club in, th- uh, in front of 30 people? And I'll be honest with you, I don't really get nervous. The last time I got nervous was playing a tiny club in New Orleans for about 25 to 30 people at a jam session with Billy Joel behind me. Wow. And it was the it was an intimacy. I played with Billy Joel for eleven years. He's never made me nervous. It was the intimacy of the twenty people and the thirty people in front of me and Billy there. I was my knees were shaking like a little baby. I was like, <laughs> whoa. So you know, it's a gig. You take each gig should be the same. You, you know, the, the, you take the music. It's about the music, and you try to do the music justice. That's yeah, all. Nice. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the road is multi-instrumentalist Carl Fisher. Check out his official website at www.fishmusic.com, and that's spelled F-I-S-C-H music.com. A lot of good content on his site, plus, of course, links to Carl on social media, including Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to purchase Carl's original music as well. It's available on his website, on iTunes, and the usual online music retailers. Of course, to see Carl perform in person, you can check billyjoel.com for that tour schedule, but then also look at the tour dates section of carlfisher.com for what he's doing live away from the shows with Billy. In terms of this show, now hear this entertainment. If you're going to purchase music, books, anything that you're going to Amazon to purchase, period, really appreciate it if you would go to any 
nhte.net first and then click on the tall Amazon banner to get over there. There's also a button on nhte.net for Patreon. You can contribute to this show with an ongoing donation. It would really mean a lot to me if you do that. You can also just go right to patreon.com slash nhte. We also have a Facebook group that has become pretty active in terms of listeners to this show and some musicians talking with one another. That is called NHTE Listeners if you're just looking it up on Facebook. Otherwise, go to nhte.net and there's a button there to get over to the Facebook group. Email, we have a new email address. It's podcast at nhte.net if you want to write in. And of course, at nhte.net, make sure you're signing up for the e-newsletter. There are also icons that you can click on there. As much as I'd like it, if you would listen to the show on the website, you can take it with you wherever you go. Go to iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio. Subscribe and tell a friend. There's buttons to get to all of those at nhte.net. And of course, our social media icons are on there as well. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Carl, we have been talking all about your playing, but let's switch over to the actual tools of the trade because there are two different topics I'd like to cover here. First being the release of your new signature model trumpet, appropriately called the CF Horn. Tell the listeners about that. Oh, man, thank you. Uh, yeah, the CF Horn, is, uh, those are my initials, <laughs> 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 which which makes me laugh every time just because uh, I never thought in a million years I'd have my initials on a horn and you know, have a design come come out. But uh, what interests me um, throughout the years is horn design and, and horn models throughout the years um, and what the attributes, uh, the playing characteristics uh, each horn kind of lends itself to. Um, so throughout the years, I was with different companies uh, as an endorsing artist and always giving my two cents. And, and working on custom models and models that would work for me and, and tweaking things throughout the years. Gentleman here, and actually another gentleman here in Florida in, in Mims, which is on the East Coast near Titusville, has a company that's been making brass mouthpieces and uh, brass accoutrements for years named Terry Warburton. Warburton Music Products out of Mims, Florida. He uh, came a friend of mine decades ago, and he uh, started a new trumpet line and uh, watched it kind of grow, and going over there and uh, left my last company of you know, 10 years and started going over there and changing designs and working on designs throughout the years, uh, you know, and giving input of what I liked. And we came out with this new CF horn, which is kind of unconventional as far as uh, a standard uh, go to the same ash music or guitar store and buy a horn. Uh, it's very specialized, um, but very playable and uh, has lends itself to playing a lot of different music styles well with uh, very efficient. So we're really excited um, to have this come out. We're doing pre-order phase now. And we sold, I guess, I think we're up to three, three sales so far in a pre-order and it's only been out two weeks. So we're, uh, we're excited and um, it's just another thing that interests me in, in design that I'm fortunate enough to dabble in and you know um uh incidentally i learned i learned more from the musicians that are playing the horn um because it's kind of a communal thing they give me their input and wow. you know it's just been a, it's been a really really uh positive uh influence in my life. Wow. And listeners, uh, I should mention, I gave you Carl's website address a minute ago, fishmusic.com, again, spelled F-I-S-C-H. There is a section on there that says the CF horn, so if you want to go and see more about that. And there's also in the shop section of fishmusic.com, you can actually uh, order, as Carl is talking about here. Uh, on, on a related note, Carl, <laughs> a related note, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, you also have your own line of trumpet and flugelhorn mouthpiece pieces yeah that, that's man you, you've done your homework that's awesome i appreciate <laughs> you uh acknowledging that yeah, there's a gentleman in, in wisconsin who uh i call him the computer mathematician geek he is uh <laughs> he is he is just amazing his name's gary racky and the company's called gr tech technologies mouthpieces and i came to him 20 years ago with old mouthpiece designs that were made for me throughout the years with other manufacturers and like certain things and then like some other things and he sharpened his pencil and uh, made everything work with cnc lathes and software and made these things so consistent where thing with with brass instruments the sax instruments and uh, or woodwinds and any anything that you blow on that you put on your mouth it's kind of like when you're getting a cavity filled 
you know, it could be off a thousandth of an inch or a grain of salt. You'll feel it in your teeth. Wow. Uh, same thing with a brass instrument or a mouthpiece particular since, you know, it's that's your connection on your body. Wow. And this gentleman makes these mouthpieces and this mouthpiece line I've had, um, and it's, it's been kind of getting bigger and bigger throughout the years. We're up to five mouthpieces now that we have uh, available under the Carl Fisher Artist Series. But basically what makes makes it amazing for me and the gentleman that play these mouthpieces and his airline too is he can make two of the same mouthpieces and they're identical, which is pretty amazing in in, in just the industry of uh, brass making because, uh, like you said, uh, like I said earlier, it's, you could be off you know uh, of a grain of sand and you could feel it physically. And these things are just it's they're you know they're just very efficient and they play very well. And uh, I think a lot of it. Uh, my sound, whether it be good or bad, is attributed to my my equipment, and I'm very fortunate to have hmm. two guys that have my back, being uh, Terry Warburton with the trumpet and GR Technologies with my mouthpiece. Well, I, I must say I'm curious. You know, GR Technologies being located up there, and and even to some extent. Uh, Warburton, I mean, that is, you know, for those of us here in the Tampa St. Pete area, I mean, that's, you know, like you said, Titusville, that, that's, you know, kind of northeast of us over on the other coast. How are you finding these guys that, that you're able to, to do business with them, uh, especially, you know, someone that's not even in the state of Florida? How are you finding these, these guys? Um, you know, it's six degrees of separation. The world gets smaller and smaller. The older we get, it seems like. And in, in the brass world, particularly in the uh, trumpet world, it's a very tight-knit community. Um, so my feelings are, uh, the way I find them, is doing trade shows, doing clinics, speaking to kids, uh, uh, doing trade shows. And, you know, that's how I kind of met Gary Racky, and that's how I met Terry Wolford. Um, so, you know, trade shows and, uh, you know, now with Skype and, and, and the computer, man, everybody's around. So it's uh, pretty amazing. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, if you're wanting to add something to your live performance, if you feel something is missing, as long as you have wireless capabilities, go out into the audience now and then. It's not just for Las Vegas shows. In this day and age of engagement being a buzzword and really wanting to connect with your audience, not to mention keep them from surfing social media on their phone during your show, this personal touch will really help you be remembered and might be what gets you some new fans because you were up close and personal with them. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40, 41 to 80, and 81 to 120, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. I was plugging your upcoming appearances with Billy Joel, and I also mentioned that the listeners should look at your website for where they can see you doing other live shows. You've got some dates at the beginning of June that the listeners in Pennsylvania and New York would be interested in. June 1st and 2nd in Hershey, Pennsylvania, you'll be at the International Trumpet Guild Conference. And then June 6th in New York, you'll be at the Josh Landris Brass Shop. Can you just talk about those two events? Oh, great. Yeah, it kind of goes along with the CF Horn and my BR Technologies uh, gear. Uh, we're getting, you know, kind of geeking out on gear equipment, which is cool. But, uh, you know, I really like to uh, sit with uh, musicians and, you know, geek out on equipment. And this ITG is basically that. It's a trumpet guild competition and conference of every trumpet maker, manufacturer, and it's an uh, excuse for guys to kind of hang out, play, and, and check out what you're going to talk about. <laughs> Same thing with Josh Landers. I'm going to be up there talking uh, about the Warburton products. But I really like going into what, what fuels this fire for me is kind of the Maynard Ferguson, Stan Kenton, 
uh, I keep on coming back to that. Sam Kenton was introduced Maynard back in the day um, to going and doing these workshops and clinics and schools. So whether you play, you know, uh, guitar, uh, third chair, saxophone, trombone, trumpet, drums, um, it, it was giving giving the students access and processes to get the music uh, to deal with the music in a positive way. So that's kind of what's really you know, uh, fueling my fire with these hangs and stuff. And I usually come, I try to stay away from the, the geeky aspect of it and, <laughs> and, and, and try to talk more about music and how to make it. But yeah, these festivals on, the, you know, ITG convention and this Landers Press trumpet day, I'm excited about. Incidentally, I'm, that same day I'm playing across the street uh, at the garden. So wow. whoever wants to see the horn play, uh, you know, in a small shop, they can go across the street and see it. At the uh, you know, at the garden, which is a fun place to go. Yeah, so. I was I was going to ask you to help me out on those two events. I, I'm I'm just taking a, an educated guess here that that June sixth in New York at the at the Josh Landers Brass Shop that that's probably open to the public and anyone can attend. But the but the ITG conference, I'm guessing you probably need an invitation maybe or or some sort of uh, affiliation. Yeah, I think I think it's a paid. I think anybody can go, but I think it's a paid badge type of deal where okay. you have to uh, pay for it. And uh, but the Landers thing, you know, it's a trump again. It's a trumpet kind of a brass situation. Sure. Um, you know. But, Listen, uh, listeners, if you're in the uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania area, if you're in New York, um, you can certainly look up online for more information about those two events. It's always great to talk to guests on this show who are doing so much for music education. For starters, I'm thinking of Glenn Schubert with Instruments of Change, who is the guest on episode 138 of the show, and then also Mark Wood on episode 165. He's a recording artist, performer, producer, inventor, Emmy-winning composer, and music education advocate. Carl, you are available to teachers and businesses to do clinics, master classes, and educational performances. And in fact, a couple of weeks ago, you actually just did an event at Lindenwood University in Missouri. Yeah, that was a fun, 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 fun clinic. Definitely, I love doing them. They're, uh, like I said, it kind of stems from my last comment about the Stan Kenton Maynard thing, the educational series, and going in and, uh, and talking about music as a whole and the music business. Because um, there's, uh, incidentally, there is a business that goes along with having fun, and uh, <laughs> you know how, how you know how to kind of get along with people on a, on a tour bus, or uh, you know, there's a lot of little, in, in, there's a lot of guys who are great musicians that I wouldn't hire in a band just because they don't get the idiosyncrasies and the nuances that you need. Uh, or, you know, or vice versa, you know, if you want to be a Broadway musician or a session musician in New York, what, what tools you need for that? So there's a different toolbox for each, each avenue of, of, uh, expertise you're going to get into. Uh, and that's the kind of education and talks I have in these workshops. And incidentally, what rings true for all of it right now is you can't just be, Hey, I'm a jazz trumpet player or I'm a rock guitarist. You have to do a lot of things as well. I'm not telling you to be a jack of all trades, master or none, but I'm telling you you need to multitask things. Um, uh, that's what kind of keeps my schedule busy, and uh, those are the things that I try to uh, talk about and uh, deal with when I'm dealing with the younger people and the people that are going to be moving the music forward. So they're fun. I get a lot of, I learn a lot from them too, so it's kind of a double-edged sword, so to speak. Yeah, and I'm glad that you clarified that because when I say that you're available to teachers and businesses to do clinics, master classes, and educational performances, obviously you you don't want people to think that this is just for people who are playing horns or interested in horns, like you just like you just described. This is for everybody. Yeah, you know, it's 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 um, pretty amazing that you caught that. It's you know, I, I usually do uh, band workshops. Um, I've even done some industry things where. Yeah, in the corporate world, believe it or not, it's kind of like the whole headspace of having the right mental attitude to go into the situation and make it work. Um, so uh, I've been very fortunate because uh, I was instilled good values when I was a young young musician from my father because he had the same core principles and same thing with Maynard. So I think you can approach life that same 
same way, just trying to do the right thing by people. Yeah. Is is that you just saying that now off the cuff during this interview, or is that actually also part of what you talk about? Meaning that what I'm teaching you today, students, can be applied in for life skills as well. Oh, it's definitely life skills. I mean, and, and, and you know, part of the collegiate education and high school education, and even elementary education, is is a proven fact. To play a musical instrument, even though you're not going to be a, uh, a professional musician, it opens up a part of the brain um, that can help excel in other areas in your life. And so I'm a firm believer in that. You know, 90% of the people I teach are never going to play professionally ever. It's that 10% that's going to play. That might, you know, come back to me 10, 12 years later and say, hey, I was at your clinic. I have that now. It's hysterical. I have kids. Um, I call them kids, but they're in their 20s saying, hey, man, I, I did a clinic with you 15 years ago at a university or high school, and I still remember it, and you spent time with me, and we talked about the same things I'm talking about now. So. Wow. Wow. It's a very cool thing. Is them coming up to you and saying that just as rewarding as, as getting the paycheck on your way out the door when the clinic is finished? It's more because I could pay uh, the paycheck. I, I lose the paycheck pretty quick. When, by the time I get done paying all my bills, <laughs> you know what I mean? I get more satisfaction. I let, you know, there's a little bit more longevity with somebody telling me something that I can, that I can, Keep, keep keep with me the money you know the money goes quick as yeah. we all know yeah well said yeah uh, and, and obviously you know not that not that you need that kind of affirmation but it tells you that okay i've got my courses structured right that obviously they're working that i am getting people coming back to me saying hey look what i did with it yeah no i'm i'm very very fortunate i'm just i'm just copying and and you know i, I was copying and i had one of the best teachers in the world uh, that taught me how to do it, and that was the Maynard Ferguson. I keep on coming it back. Incidentally, today, um, actually, this whole month uh, was was Maynard Ferguson's birthday month, and uh, so a shout out to my old mentor, Mr. Maynard Ferguson. He's the uh-huh. one that um, started this. Unfortunately, we lost him in 2006, but he's the one that installed this not only in me, but countless, countless musicians and educators throughout the country and world. So beautiful, you know. Beautiful. I can't take all the credit. I can't take all the credit. <laughs> I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the road is multi-instrumentalist Carl Fisher. Check out his official website at www.fishmusic.com. And again, that's spelled F-I-S-C-H music.com. A lot of good content on his site. I've spent a lot of time looking it over in preparation for today's interview. And of course, uh, links to Carl on social media. You can find those on fishmusic.com. Uh, he'll He's got icons there that you can click on to go over to Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Do be sure to purchase Carl's original music as well. It's available on his website as well as iTunes and the usual online music retailers. Of course, to see Carl perform in person, check BillyJoel.com for that tour schedule. And then also look at CarlFisher.com. Click into the section that says tour dates for what he's doing live away from the shows with Billy. And of course, as I mentioned before, you can also at CarlFisher.com go to the CF Horn section for more information on what he was talking about before. We are thankful to those of you who shop on Amazon by going to nhte.net and then you click on the tall Amazon banner to get there first. Thank you. And uh, we do appreciate if you continue to do that. It gives a small kickback to the show. You can donate directly to Now Hear This Entertainment by going to patreon.com slash nhte or just go to nhte.net and there's a button there that says Patreon that you can click on to go over there. There's some neat rewards that you get depending on the different giving levels uh, for which you contribute. And again, I sincerely appreciate your consideration of that. There's a Facebook group called NHTE Listeners. You can go into there to talk about the podcast. And if you're a musician, you will find other musicians in that group as well. Search on Facebook for NHTE Listeners or go to nhte.net and click on the Facebook group button for that. If you want to send us an email, we have a new email address. It's podcast at nhte.net. And when you are at nhte.net, we have all the episodes of this show there. For every episode of the show, there's a player where you can listen to it. There's the guest photo, quotes from the show, a link to the guest's website, and even an indication of which two songs from that guest that we played. And there's a newsletter sign up. All you need to do is put in your email address. If you'd rather listen to it on the go, the show is available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. There are icons at nhte.net. 
hte.net, so you can easily click on those to go over and find it there. Please do subscribe and tell a friend. And for social media, you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Icons for all of those at nhte.net as well. Carl, we're in the home stretch here, and in just a bit, we're going to play one of your original songs. But is there anything in the works that the listeners should know about and be on the lookout for in terms of any new music that you might be recording? And, and if so, when and what details might there be? Um, well, I first like to thank you for having me on the show. It's yeah, been you great. Um, and uh, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. It's uh, very informative. I learned a lot from you. Um, thank you. As far as my music. I am currently working on a whole bunch of new stuff. I'm actually recording. I'm going in the studio uh, in two weeks up in the New York area and laying some new tracks down, trying to get a new recording going here. It's just, uh, unfortunately, I lost my father in January. Uh, I wanted to have this, all these tracks laid prior to him um, passing away. He mm. kind of passed away suddenly. But so, long story short, is there is a whole bunch of music in the works, and I have a couple of Grammy winning producers that are helping me out with the project that's really kind of um, interesting and, and wow. um, honored to have these gentlemen with me. So wow. I'm hoping within this next six months to a year, the final product will, uh, will be ready to go. Um, and, uh, and the biggest thing that I uh, really like to tell you about is keep on coming out to these gigs because that's, that's why we play. I, I don't play to sit in the studio. I like to make, uh, you know, I like to meet the face and uh, we're going to have a lot more going with my organic group this year, live performances and possibly even my big band. So keep a lookout for that. Um, you know, the uh, live performances and like I said, the recording we're, we're going to try to do and uh, we're just trying to make some good music and have some laughs. Great, great. Wow. Well, uh, just just some fun stuff here, Carl, as we get set to wrap this up. First is way back on episode 57 of this show, my guest was longtime trumpeter and music educator Ron Modell, who talked about one of the greats, Quincy Jones. I, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to say Maynard Ferguson, so maybe I should ask you to, to, to pick somebody else. But who would you point to as maybe someone that you always kind of sought to follow in the footsteps of? Um, two great people. One of them was a guy named Charlie Fisher, who was my father, who was a trumpet player, um, who introduced me to Maynard Ferguson. Um, he was a trumpet player and just just uh, an all around stand up guy. And he, what what my dad did was was get me uh, was introduce not just trumpet players but music in general. I used to go to rock shows. I mean, a lot of a lot of Billy Joel band members still laugh at me. They're like. I told him I went to an Umphrey's McGee concert last week. They're like, you? That's not the point. I'm hanging with the guys. They're actually playing his feet out of the blast. Like, there's two types of music, good and bad. And I learned that, you know, you know that what separates the two from good and bad music is substance. It's kind of means something. Wow. You know? um, so, so, you know, Maynard Ferguson was a humongous influence in my life also. Um, being on a road with him, also another gentleman named Winston Marsalis. So I'm going to get yeah. you three right there. Yeah. I was fortunate with Winton in 92. And, uh, you know, he straightened me out a lot, on a lot of things also. And uh, not just the jazz uh, aspect of it, but classical music and, you know, European music and just opening up my horizons. Uh, Maynard turned me on to Western music. So there's a lot of guys. I would say the top three would be my dad, Winton Marsalis, um, and obviously Maynard Ferguson. Yeah. And incidentally, Kelly Joel is very much like like Maynard. Billy is uh gives you enough rope to hang yourself musically. <laughs> so, you know, he's a he's a he's a leader's leader, which is great. Wow. Um and you know, so uh, you know, Billy's on that list too, man. The way I see Bill Billy being loyal and treating people is something that is an old school thing that it, it's an art and he has it. So well said. I'm very lucky I've been around well great said. people, and uh, I appreciate the time as always. Yeah, Carl. Uh, one one non music question. I'm I'm curious since I'm sitting here in the in the Tampa Bay area. Since since no one is originally from here, <laughs> what brought you to the Sunshine State? My dad, my dad, my mom. They moved they they moved down and retired 31 years ago from New York. I went to high school incidentally in St. Petersburg at Gibbs High School. The first year was a performing arts high school. Um, I graduated early and uh, went back to New York, um, but I went 
I, I, I originally went down for my parents for school, obviously. And then, uh, the last four years I've been down there, I went down because I wanted to be closer to my dad and my mom. And, uh, I had a touring schedule anyway, so it really didn't matter uh, where I was. Okay. So, very you know, good. it's a great area. It's a, the quality of life is great. And, yeah, uh, no doubt. I'm very happy to be down here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to close today with another song of yours from your Adverse Times CD. This is a tune called Weinheim Blues. Before we let you go, Carl, just tell the listeners all about this song, if you would, please. Uh, Weinheim Blues was a little bomb shelter, um, believe it or not. I played with Maynard Ferguson back in the 90s. It was a little all-converted all bomb shelter um, in, wow. in Weinheim. Um, and incidentally, I was on a main, uh, uh, Billy Joel tour 20 years later, walking through the area, and it ended up at the bar at the same place. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, the tune has a very repetitive, rhythmic, very repetitive rhythmic uh, section right off the bat, which is kind of uh, me walking through Germany. It's just kind of a very repetitive uh, horn shout, so to speak, um, and with kind of a twisted blues melody. And so um, that was one of my originals. Um, that I actually penned that, that, that week when I was in Germany, um, back um, with, when I was on my first German tour with Billy Joel. But it goes way back 20 years before that when I, I, I yeah. said I ended up in a bomb shelter. It was a jazz club. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that, that tune kind of came, came about. Cool. That's a neat story. A good, good way to finish up. Carl, thanks ever so much. I know that you've been uh, in a moving vehicle all this time, so I appreciate you making time to do this. Thank you. Hey, thanks, thanks, Bruce, and uh, I appreciate you guys supporting the music and and uh, keep on doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to multi-instrumentalist Carl Fisher. Do visit his official website. It's www.carlfisher.com, and again, that's spelled... Uh, excuse me, it's fishmusic.com. It's F-I-S-C-H music.com. And then engage with him on social media. So that means like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to Carl's YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Don't forget that you can purchase his music on his website or iTunes or other online music retailers. Keep up with Carl online, of course, so you can see where and when you can go see him perform live. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to the show and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share, they call it repost, episodes there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud. Engage with the show too. Go to nhte.net and click on the icon to go join the Facebook group. You can also write in via the email address podcast at nhte.net. Get with us on the various social media platforms that you'll find links to at nhte.net, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Please also consider supporting the show with a donation through Patreon. There's a button at nhte.net for that. And check out the t-shirts and hats at nhte.net too. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Carl Fisher. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Weinheim Blues.